0: This is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabres Network.
1: Here we go again. Chewing. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am here with my co-host. She is cooler than at Mway and Luke Skywalker at a Starbucks having a frappuccino discussing what the Force is really all about. It's Lindsay.
2: You know, I have to say... Out of all the podcasts I listen to, I think our intro is my favorite. And not just because of all of the compliments I get. I still just always laugh whenever you do the, the ability to speak a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that like randomly, like the day that Drew and I recorded the first time. I just I needed a little so pre good though
2: it's so yeah. good, and then I get flooded with compliments, so I don't know what more I could possibly ask for. you spoil me
1: I try, I try, and i I spoiled you a lot today because we have two other amazing people on. We have our starships host. she is sweeter than baby Yoda talking to another baby Yoda. <laughs> it's Adriana.
0: Oh. <laughs> Um, It's only fitting that you talk about Baby Yoda as I am currently wearing my Baby Yoda spirit jersey from Disneyland that I never ever want to take off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fantastic. I'm like considering how I'm going to slowly transition my whole closet into Baby Yoda (laughs) t-shirts.
0: Uh I my friend uh well not my well she is my friend but also my uh instructional assistant. She got a cricket and so we were joking and then I was like, no, don't joke because you literally have a cricket. We will make all my classroom decorations next year, baby Yoda. Not even Star Wars, just baby Yoda. <laughs>
1: just baby Yoda. <laughs> That's awesome. And we have another guest, our good friend from Happy Beeps. It is Bill. Good evening, my good friends. We are so happy to have you on yeah. once again. This is like the second time in like three episodes we've had you on. So you're I know, man. Got to stop meeting like this. Oh, People are gonna start to talk. <laughs> yeah. you never, never. No, actually... this is great, and I, I'm I'm
3: so excited to be back talking with you guys. And I'm, I and I just I have to point out I made my connection with you guys when I randomly met Lindsay at Celebration last year, and this is the first time that Lindsay and I have been on together. So I am thrilled.
2: This is really a long time coming. I can't believe we let it slide this long. Yeah,
3: no, I feel like my whole kind of fandom changed that moment. I think uh, for those who don't know the story, uh, I think we were we were both uh, in line for Ian McDiarmid, if I remember correctly. Uh, And uh, and it was it was me and my son and Lindsay walked up and we were sort of we couldn't really tell who was first we couldn't really tell like who was kind of first in line when we were bringing the next uh, you know the next group in and uh and patrick said something along the lines of you know we should be gentlemen and we should let this the, you know this this nice lady kind of go kind of go first and that was the first time we met and then and then randomly the next day i think it was at the galaxy's edge panel we were sitting next to each other and it's that i remember you the panel
4: yeah yeah well, and, and
3: that was and that was when, when happy beeps was really new and 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 nobody really even knew about it yet i was all excited because i had business cards made and, uh, and just everybody that I met, I was kind of like, uh, you know, Oh, well, here's you know, happy beeps. Go and check it out. And so on and so forth. And most people just kind of put it in their pockets. Yeah, cool, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, but Lindsay was like, this is fantastic. And by the way, here's my business card. And that was the first time that I learned about clashing sabers and the rest as they say is history.
2: And I have to be honest when I got home from, uh, Chicago and kind of emptied out my suitcase, emptied out my pockets and everything. Going to Happy Beeps was actually the first thing that I did. I looked at my suitcase and I was like, I (laughs) don't really want to unpack yet. But I kept thinking about that because when you had explained the concept to me, I was so excited about it because it really was the kind of database that I had always wanted. And I always wished that that information was easily accessible. It was in this clear cut way. So I was excited to check it out, and then I did, and I wasn't at all disappointed. So I had to share it with the rest of the Clashing Sabers team, and after that, it was just a happy union. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just so, I'm so thrilled. You and I get to finally be on an episode tonight, and, and uh, reconnect a little bit and see what else we can do. I don't want to spoil the main subject too much, but this is a topic that I've really wanted to talk about for some time. So to have yeah. you on it tonight is really great.
1: We're gonna have some fun. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it, because we're talking about Ray today. Yeah. I mean, why hold back? We're talking about Rey. Um, it's going to be part of the title, probably, so you probably figured that out before you even started listening. Um, so, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Full spoilers and everything for Rise of Skywalker and everything else that's out there. Um, that's kind of... It comes with listening to Star Wars podcasts, so you probably already know that already. But since Lindsay and Bill are kind of Star Warsing each other, I'm gonna just going to leave them to that <laughs> real quick and jump over to Adriana. Adriana, you got to tell us what are you Star Warsing lately?
0: Um. Okay, I want to talk about it, but also I don't want to talk about it because uh you need to. It's something you guys need to experience it, uh, like. And going Uh, in without spoilers, yeah, (laughs) I got to ride Rise of the Resistance. Yes, and it was it was amazing. It was there was one point in the um experience because it's not it's not just a ride; it's a literal experience that I was like hyperventilating because I was trying not to cry because of how how much it felt like I was there um and so I like I said I don't want to spoil it and talk about it too much because I really like that's how I went in I went in knowing absolutely nothing I didn't want to know um because uh I don't really talk about it because I like it makes me feel kind of like a like an outlier but I was a little disappointed in Galaxy's Edge um and with Smuggler's Run so um, yeah, I was like, nope, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil myself. I'm not going to do anything, and I'm just going to let this ride. Hopefully, speak for itself. And I was not disappointed. And yeah, that's. I don't want to talk about it anymore because <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil. I, you guys, you need I to have mind. to say though, Adriana,
2: I <laughs> I am so thrilled to hear the way you talk about it. Not just because totally. you you, as you admit, not the biggest Galaxy's Edge fan on your own. So you are going in with kind of something to already overcome. But one word you, you kept saying that really sticks out to me is that it's an experience because I, I do did stay away from spoilers. I haven't been on the experience yet myself, but everything that I did read and every headline, every press release, it was all about calling it an experience. And I kind of just chalk that up to good marketing but then to hear you and one of my other friends who've been on this keep saying, no, it really is an experience. It's more than a ride. It's so immersive. It's something totally new. I can't wait to hopefully very soon go check it out for myself and see really what it's all about and what makes it an experience and not just a ride.
3: So we are we are going on Thursday next week. <gasps> I'm so excited! All right, yeah,
0: I've, I've got tips. I've got tips for that elusive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: good, good, good. I need the. I, I need the tips. We we went to Galaxy's Edge just uh, just Patrick and I um, uh, about three months ago, and we did the whole thing. We went to Sabi's and got the lightsabers. We went to the Droid Factory. We did Smuggler's Run. Um, we did we did all of that stuff, and uh, but we obviously. Rides of the resistance wasn't uh, wasn't open yet, and it just so happened that my company actually has a, a customer event in Orlando, like next week. So we're going down there. We're to actually taking uh, my wife Toby and my daughter Ella, and Patrick. We're all going again, and we'll be there on Thursday. I can't wait. I'm so excited.
2: Oh, good it's for you, a- you
0: guys. It's gonna blow your mind. It's
3: gonna blow yeah. your mind. <laughs> no, so, so so I've heard. I can't wait. I can't it's, absolutely can't wait. It's
0: it's really on it's it's really on par with Flight of Passage because because Flight of Passage is like hands down my was hands down my absolute favorite ride. From is that, the, is that the Pandora ride? Is that <laughs> yeah right? yeah okay. the one where they're riding the Navi that that was hands down was so, can, my favorite ride, but not anymore.
3: <laughs> can I ask you a question? How long did you wait in line for that ride?
0: Um, okay, so. So this is—I'll talk about this because it's not really a spoiler. So the way it works is, um, you have to be in the in the parks before eight o'clock. Uh, so you have to be in the turnstile. You don't have to be there like at four in the morning, as I as I found out. You don't have to be there. Um, <laughs> just, just I would say I would say be in the park by at least at the very minimum seven thirty. Um, we were not. In the main, um, like we were not on Main Street, we were more towards Fantasyland, and there was less people. And I, I was reading too that if you go to like a less populated area, um, not everybody's data is like going, so you're it, you're working at a little bit faster speed. Supposedly, I'm not too sure. I haven't gone enough to test it out, but um, I I had my phone open, um, counting down the seconds. Right to eight o'clock, and so yeah, you want to make sure your all your passes are linked on one phone and only have one person doing it. Um, Copy
4: that. Okay.
0: Yeah, because the the system will only let you join one boarding group, and if there's multiple people trying to board uh, join boarding groups, it'll be like, oh, you're trying to ride the ride more than once today. Let's cancel those out. So don't do that, and do not do not absolutely do not open that app until eight a.m. Because if you're in there and you have to refresh, that's usually I've noticed that people are. Um, that's where their their trouble is because it's not refreshing fast enough or, like, they get an error. So do not open it until it clicks over to 8 a.m. And then um, you join the boarding group and they call you back um, depending on where your boarding group is. You just go into the app. Um, I, I was boarding group 38 Um, For me, it was a little bit torturous because that day the ride had broken down twice, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the first time it broke down was for an hour and a half, Um, and I guess somebody tweeted it, but I didn't, I'm not sure, I wasn't there, but they said that if you leave when the ride breaks down, if you leave the line, then you're forfeiting your ride, uh, your right to ride the ride and they're not going to give you another boarding group. So, My goodness. Yeah. So I guess some people had been waiting for like two, two or three hours, I think. Um, so once the ride finally got back up and then, yeah, so we were anticipating getting called a lot earlier, but because of the ride breaking down twice, we didn't get called until around, I want to say around three, um, And we got into the line, I think it was three, because we were just waiting for it. Like, we didn't want to do anything else. We didn't want to park hop. We didn't want to, because we just wanted to get on it as soon as we could. So once we got in, you still have to, that's just when you can get into the actual queue. So you still have to wait. Um, I don't think it was that bad a wait. Um, I think maybe 30, 45 minutes um, once we were okay. in the actual queue mm-hmm. and, um, and then there's, there's stuff that happens. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to. Do wanna <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So like, that's it. But the nice thing about the queue is that like they have built in seating, like benches, um, in, the, into like from the rocks. So, uh, you can sit. it's really nice. <laughs> But yeah, uh,
3: Brandon, that, that's the thing. <laughs> that sounds that sounds fantastic, you know, Brandon. We were we were talking last time uh, about the future of of Star Wars mm-hmm. and and all the different ways that they can tell stories that they really didn't have the ability to do um, until uh, really until now. And just hearing Adriana talk about it, it's so exciting. I just like I'm I'm hoping not only that that I'm imagining this is going to be incredible, but I hope it kind of provides the template for a lot of what's uh, of what's going to happen over the next several years. Will they just continue to push the envelope and continue to experiment with with, with storytelling that's interactive and um, and character-driven? Uh, and, uh, of course, I'd love them to find a way to do it that's a little bit more democratized than it is now, that more people can can do it without having to spend quite so much money. Uh, but this is the type of thing that just makes me so excited to be a, a fan nowadays.
1: Yeah, that's, that's my only concern there is like we have to find ways to to get this into people's hands more often or, or, yeah. or, or, or more easily because like i've been reading the visual dictionary for rise of skywalker and i guess minor spoiler for uh rise of resistance but it talks about uh general pride losing his star destroyer and i finally just had to text Lindsay and i'm like just yes or no is this from rise of resistance uh <laughs> because i i it was like am I missing something? Did I not read a comic or, or whatever that came out? So and I don't know when I'm going to be able to go just because of you know where things are at with my life right now. And so
2: someone decided to get married yeah, instead of going uh, to bed too. It was well, a well, terrible idea.
1: Let me tell you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. A lot of upside. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: um, but uh, but but hang on. They just announced yesterday, right? I, I mean. Are, are we all going to be in Anaheim? Yeah. Yes, we are actually. Yes, are, yes, yes. yes. Right okay, okay, So, so they just announced yesterday Disneyland After Dark.
0: Oh, that is going I sent that to the group chat. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. yeah. Group I, chat.
3: yeah so, I think
0: we need it. Yeah.
3: Oh, we need it. Yeah.
0: I, as someone who has attended the Star, both Star Wars nights that they had last year, um, they are so. So, so, yeah. so, so much fun. Um, I was not even planning on going to the second night, but we were at the first night and we were like, this is so much fun. And we didn't have time to do everything. So we were like, let's just do it. Let's buy our tickets right now. And we ended up buying tickets for the very next night to co- go back and do the next Star Wars night.
3: Wow.
1: It was yep, sounds right to it was me. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to twist All my All right, um, we're
2: doing it. Brendan, how on <laughs> earth are you going to compete with all of this, though, for what you've been Star Warsing? Well,
1: we kind of did a thing where we, <laughs> you know, started a whole like nonprofit thing. And, I, and when I say we, I just want to just once again, because he's not here, so he can't tell me to shut up, really just say Drew did a thing. And we all went, Good job, buddy. Um,
2: <laughs> Put our <laughs> names on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, put my name first if you don't mind. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So of course, we started our our literacy nonprofit and finished our first fundraiser. Uh, we were able to raise five hundred uh, and twenty-eight dollars. And. Five hundred twenty-five hundred twenty-six, 526, something like that, over $500, and we were able to purchase 186 books in total. Um, and so we actually shipped those out to teachers this week, and I've already gotten some replies of teachers who uh, whose kids are very excited to get the books and, and get into reading them. So uh, big shout out to everybody who donated, everybody who liked, retweeted, any of that stuff to help spread uh, what we have going on here, because let me tell you what it was—it was quite cool to be able to go, uh, you know, get all those books and then to actually like put them into groups and see, you know, we basically each teacher got basically a class set of books. You know, like everybody in their class can pretty much be reading a Star Wars book at the same time, uh, which is is cool for for many many reasons. And so I just wanted to send out thank yous to everybody uh, that supported and thank you to Mark for your act of kindness this week and just everybody else who has uh, supported what we're doing here. So we'll, we have a Patreon set up, but we will be launching that uh, here pretty soon. And that will be a way that you can donate and, uh, you know, help us raise money for more books and we'll have more fundraisers. Speaking of celebration, uh, we're in talks about having some kind of meetup book drive situation going on there so keep uh just stay tuned for for all that stuff and uh yeah thank you so enough self-aggrandizing uh for all of us it's time (laughs) for bill to self-aggrandize for himself and how awesome happy beeps is so let's take it to poe for a minute he's gonna land the shuttle it's gonna probably be on fire it'll be fine and (laughs) we'll come right back with our happy beep section
2: Happy beats your buddy, come on. I'm with the droid on this one. I'm with the droid on this one. Happy beats your buddy, come on. Happy beats. I'm with the droid on this one. Happy beats your buddy, come on. Happy beats. I'm with the
1: droid Happy on beach, this beach, one, buddy, come on. Okay. I'm scared. I'm really scared.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited.
1: You will be. I. I have control issues. I don't like letting go. But okay, yep. Just do this it. Is, just this go. is
3: just like so so many dreams coming true right now. I can't even <laughs> Uh, okay, so as Lindsay said, Happy Beeps is uh, it, it's an online database. We focus on two things: we focus on toys, and we focus on publishing books, comics, magazines, TV episodes, everything. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about toys, and because our episode is about Rey and her relationship to both uh, Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine, and Luke Skywalker, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about Rey toys uh, tonight. Now, my first question. Let's see. Who do I pick on first? Let me pick on Lindsay first. Okay.
2: Bill, so we had a deal.
3: We, you know, <laughs> I'm reneging Immediately, yes. <laughs> uh, so let's so let's let's start with an easy one. Okay. Um, if we if if we think of the toys, including action figure type toys, bobbleheads, diecast cars, figurines, Lego minifigs, and plush toys, if I were to ask you. Between 1977 and early 2020, who had more toys produced, Ray or Palpatine? What would you say?
2: Oh, I'm going to go, I'll go with Ray just because Palpatine, I think, would probably have the most action figures. But once we start looking at everything else, I'm going to go with Ray. Well done! Lindsay. Yes, you gave her a softball.
4: Yes. <laughs> what is well, this?
3: Well, no, no, no. Now hold on. Now over. Remember, Palpatine had had nearly forty years. Ray has only had about only had about five. But Ray has had sixty-eight different likenesses produced in those categories. Palpatine has had sixty-five.
1: Okay, it's closer than I thought. I will say that. Yeah, it is that's, that's, right.
3: that's right, and actually, the the, the couple that put him over the put put them over the top, but put Ray over the top. Um, the dark Ray bobblehead, which has not yet been released, which comes out I think in July, uh, and two diecast cars that were released at the very very end of of two thousand and nineteen by Hot Wheels. Wow. Without that, they'd be tied.
2: Wow.
3: All right. So now let's see. Hmm. Adriana. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> He's having way had too much
0: fun
1: with
3: toys. this. Uh, Ray had 68 toys made. Luke Skywalker, of course, had many more over the course of 43 years. How many more toys would you say were produced with Luke Skywalker likenesses versus Ray? And I will give you a win if you get it within, say, fifty.
2: Oh, so gosh. much more generous there's... than when Brandon does. this. <laughs> uh, I think oh, you gosh. mean weak. There's... <laughs>
0: uh, okay, uh, there's so um, there's so many more, and I know they. I didn't know you were counting the Hot Wheels. So that makes Oh, oh I'm counting the Hot Wheels. Really. <laughs> Not only the Hot. Um, Wheels.
3: But also, if we're talking about diecast cars, uh, there are two lines of Disney diecast cars: one Disney Racers and one Star Wars character in the likeness of the Pixar Cars movie. There are three Luke Skywalker as Lightning McQueen cars out there.
0: Oh my goodness! Okay, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with a hundred and seven.
3: One hundred and seven. Yes. Is that your final answer?
2: No, but I didn't, <laughs> <have to>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know saying no was an option. <laughs> not
3: a, not a, not a terrible guess. The answer is actually two hundred and one. There were have been two hundred and sixty-nine likenesses of Luke Skywalker produced over the categories that I uh, that I've listed out. Uh, so two hundred and sixty-nine versus Ray sixty-eight, a difference of two hundred and one. But again, not but not a terrible guess. Hmm. Brandon, who
1: m- me? I, 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 I yes. think you missed you missed Drew and Mark. Sorry. On, me just, I
3: mentioned no. I, I, this is actually this is this is in many ways an easier question than I gave to Adriana. But if I were to say, let, let's not talk about the last forty-three years. Let's just talk about the last five. Okay, so since 2015, who's had more toys produced, Luke Skywalker or Rey? Rey. Incorrect.
2: Yes! Yes! (laughs) Not that easy on this side of the table there, is it, buddy?
3: 86 Luke Skywalker likenesses have been produced since 2015 to raise 68. And I that's tell you something,
2: you got to think about like the re-releases of the 40 year anniversary, all of that stuff. Come yeah, on, man.
3: That, that's correct. And last year was really in a lot of ways. Last year was the year of Luke Skywalker. There were a ton of Luke's produced uh, last year, a ton in the black series, a whole bunch of bottleheads. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is just sort of catch up from, uh, you know, from Last Jedi. But uh, but Luke Skywalker had something like like 20 different likenesses produced just in the last two years. But since 2015, 86. 86.
1: See, I was just thinking about Force Awakens and how much stuff was out there. And then Last Jedi, I feel like there wasn't a lot of Luke stuff that came out before the movie. There was, like, the the action figure and then I remember... The, the Luke with the yeah. the Vader crystal, or at least the Sith crystal, and you know the first shot, you yeah. know we see him in his traditional robe. So, all right. The
3: vast uh, the, the vast majority of of Luke toys have been original trilogy likenesses, no, even even since the sequels came out.
1: No real surprise. I feel like toys they're they're leaning into like stuff that's very kid, like childish, like the the. Make your own sound lightsabers, kind of thing, or mm. collectors' items.
3: Yeah, there's a little bit of a divergence going on. Yeah, there's a um, shift
1: going. I feel like. Yeah,
3: that that may be a whole other episode. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's take it back to. Let's take it back to Lindsay. Let's break. Oh, no. Let's break. Lin, uh, let's break Ray's sixty-eight toys down by. Um, let's let's break them down. Let's break them down by uh, by type, <laughs> by type of toy. All right. If I were Song to ask for you, X. Right, understanding that action figures are going to be the highest category, if I gave you likenesses of Ray in bobbleheads, cars, figurines, Lego, or plush toys, which would you say had the highest?
2: I'm gonna go with bobbleheads.
3: You, my friend, are two for two. Yeah.
2: So good.
3: <laughs> there are twelve Ray Funko Pop bobbleheads, uh, and that's across uh, that, that's across all uh, all, all three uh, sequel trilogy movies. Uh, the okay. latest one being the Dark Ray, which is the only likeness of Dark Ray so far announced. Uh, that bobblehead is released in July of uh, of twenty twenty. Okay, let's see, uh, Adriana, what would you say? If I asked you, uh, Rise of Skywalker doesn't count because that that sort of just got started. If I were to ask you, which movie, which film produced the most toys with likenesses of of Rey, Force Awakens, or Last Jedi, what would you say?
0: Okay, so I'm trying to remember the stuff that I saw um, for... Force Friday and Triple Force Friday
4: mm-hmm.
0: and all that stuff. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark and say,
3: "The Force Awakens." Well done, indeed.
4: Yeah,
3: oh, totally. <laughs> Thirty-one well, I, toys for the Force Awakens. And 26 for The Last Jedi. It's pretty close. Uh, only 10 so far for The Rise of Skywalker. That may be limited somewhat since she never changes her clothes. Uh, that being said, that's uh, that's where we're at uh, right now.
0: I was going to um, say that I guess that because I know there was stuff that they released afterwards. Because with- they didn't want to do yeah. spoilers. So that's why I guess there were more.
3: <laughs> that's yeah, that's that, that's exactly that's exactly right. For the whole initial campaign, Ray was not the focus. It was it was really Finn. You know, Finn had the lightsaber. Uh, I think they were for some reason. This is this is JJ and his mystery box. He loves you know surprising people. Uh, so yeah, so so a lot of the Ray merchandising didn't even come out until early 2016. Okay, Brandon. Last question. There is one story in the Star Wars universe.
1: The Holiday was, Special. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there is one there is one story in the Star Wars universe for which a ray toy was produced that is not a film in the Star Wars saga. A ray toy was produced for a story outside the movies. What was that story?
2: Mm. I know this one. My, I think I know, too.
1: My initial reaction is... Uh, oh, not Rise of the Resistance. That's the ride. What's the book, Lindsay? I'm not helping you. Oh, my God.
2: What is that <laughs> <book> <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you this much help. Even if I were to give you the answer, it's wrong. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I hate
1: you. Um, for a story outside of... I'm going to... I'm gonna go for the Ray one-shot comic, the Ray Age of Resistance.
3: You had it right the first time, buddy. There was a six-inch figure produced for Galaxy's Edge: Rise of the Resistance. Oh my god! <laughs> and she, it's it's a it's a repaint of a of a six-inch figure from the Last Jedi, but it is unique. And it is, it is packaged along with um, uh, other, um, other Galaxy's Edge characters uh, like, uh, like Hondo Anaka and Chewbacca. And um, it's, a, it's a Galaxy's Edge Black Series set.
1: See, I would know this if I wasn't getting married and I could go to Galaxy's Edge. So There you go, man. <laughs> oh, God. I hope Brooke doesn't listen to this episode. <gasps> <laughs> It's tough on this. Like my my palms are a little sweaty right now, guys. Like it's oof. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now imagine this, imagine if he were like, oh, and by the way, you had here's 20 numbers you can pick from, as if that's super helpful. <laughs> Bill is Bill is nicer than you are when doing this.
1: You could have just stopped at Bill is nicer than you are, but
2: if you edit that part out and you suddenly make it where you have the correct answers this is why I don't trust you editing sometimes what are you talking about <laughs> look I'm just saying we have three witnesses here who all listened as I got two right and you got zero right so the, <laughs> the final episode better reflect that
1: I'm sorry but the episode is the receipt everything you've heard about me is true so guys we've we've talked about the toys we've talked about the galaxy's edge we've talked about everything to do with ray except for her actual character so we're going to take a quick break and we are going to well i'm probably going to go get a brown paper bag to hyperventilate into we'll be back and talking about ray
2: so you're with the resistance i've never met a resistance fighter before
4: doing come on
1: stop taking my hand (laughs) the garbage will do
3: that was was pretty good i'm right
1: all right we are back and we are talking about ray and i would be apropos to start with anybody else other than the person that literally has ray tattooed onto her body because she loves the character so much Lindsay. Before we kind of dig into the movies and and her arc and and how all of that works, and you just put out a a wonderful article on on how that works so well for you, what is it that initially attracted you to Ray's character?
2: There was actually quite a bit. You know, we talk on this show fairly often. Um, even I'm surprised by how often. But the the way we're introduced to her is just absolutely beautiful and it's so unique to Star Wars specifically because it's not any kind of big action pack sequence. It's nothing funny that she says or does. It's this incredibly calm and serene collection of moments where nothing particularly amazing is happening. Um, so that's, that's always kind of what made me know right away that Ray was going to be something different. Ray was going to be something special to us. We hadn't really seen her before. And I never could have imagined that she would transform into this character that she has, even just by the end of the force awakens, let alone this entire sequel trilogy. Um, So obviously the introduction really to this day has stuck with me. But aside from that, Throughout the uh, first time I saw The Force Awakens, it was all of these smaller moments with her. You know, Poe was absolutely hysterical, and I loved him and his confidence and his bravado. And Finn, I loved his his way of challenging himself and challenging the people around him. But with Rey, it really was a lot of the smaller moments with her. I love when she just so calmly fixes BB-8's antenna. And I love when she saves Finn um, on Han Solo's ship, and she doesn't even take credit for it. You know, she closes the door on the Rattar and just says, oh, that was lucky. She has the opportunity to have this lightsaber that she thought was, you know, something that belonged to someone who she assumed was a myth and she she turns it down she doesn't really want it she's afraid and it really is all of these small moments that to me I really connected with because it made her so human i think a lot of other star wars characters we fall in love with because they are who we want to be but ray has these small moments where we can really and truly see ourselves in so obviously to be able to see yourself so quickly and then have her be the one who this is who the story is about, and she gets to be the one to go on this big adventure, I think really means a lot. and it's it's what's always resonated with me to this day
3: and to this day, I, I still I still um hear people talking about how the force awakens is kind of a rehash of of a new hope. And that is that that is so wrong. And everything you said, Lindsay, is exactly right. you know, because you know, Ray, even though you know she's on a desert planet, she meets a droid. Ray is so different from Luke Skywalker when we first meet her. You know, it's like it's like you say she is. Whereas Luke is sort of is is a little bit kind of reckless and and he he wants to be a hero, but ultimately he's kind of a self-centered little kid. You know, Ray is so immediately generous, right? She's so she's so naturally focused on on helping other people right out of the gate and you know she's not she's not out there yearning for adventure and learning to be a hero and breaking out against her surroundings she's patient and she's kind and she's compassionate um it's a, it's it's a brilliant introduction i completely agree with you
1: yeah she's uh, she doesn't want the adventure right like right. She, she and it's not even well, she like doesn't,
3: a, she doesn't need it yeah, yeah she that's it, it. that's know? it because
1: yeah. it's it's not like luke's you know you know the denial of the call where he's, you know, I can't stay. I've got responsibility, or I can't go. I've got responsibilities here. And Ray, she's keeping herself there. Like Luke is is technically keeping himself there. Like he could go off and and do his own thing, but he has like an actual reason to stay. He's got a life there. He's got a family there. You know, and yeah, Ray doesn't, and and she chooses to stay away from. That larger story, which I think is her biggest challenge. Like Luke was never his challenge was never being a part of that bigger story. Ray's was seeing her herself be able to be a part of that story, and maybe even a part she didn't want to be a part yeah. of, which is interesting. Adriana, as as somebody who I know going into the Force Awakens, you were <coughs> you know super excited about Poe, and, and I'm I'm sure you were just you know from the get-go, you know, getting him in the first scene and everything meant a lot to you. And then we shift to this character of Ray. What did you think of her when you first saw her? Was she somebody you connected with or were you kind of like, okay, well, there's there's Ray, but let's get back to these other storylines?
0: Um no, it's funny because yeah Poe is my favorite um and it is like you know obviously that that next co- connection but I was initially excited um I mean Poe wasn't really in the in the marketing for for TFA honestly um so I was super gung-ho about um having a POC lead with uh Finn and then also having like a like a female lead like that was just like yes finally. You know, so, um, and I, I fell in love with her right away uh, because, like Lindsay said, she's just this, like, this per- this person who has just been on this planet and you don't know anything about her. And, you know, you're, like, curious about what those little tally marks are, like, what's going on with that. And, um, and then ultimately, you know, you discover, like, she's a scavenger. And she's, and she's going through parts, right? Trying to see what's you can use, what she can sell, right? And, and so she like even that, like she is looking for things that can be repurposed, or she's trying to give value to things that others might feel is garbage. You know what I mean? So I think that is really um, something to like when you talk about her, you have to talk about that kind of. Like she, she is one to put value on what others might not think is so valuable, but she doesn't do that for herself, you know, (laughs) cause she like, oh
2: my God, Adriana, I love that point and the way that you, you phrase it and the way that you relate it back to her being scavenger, because one of the things that I'm always so. Was struck by too is how she is so quick to be the one to say, like, we have to get BB 8 back to the resistance. You know, when she thinks Finn is part of the resistance, she has to help him complete this mission. And it's the first time she's allowing herself to come outside of this isolation. But as soon as she has that option to have a larger purpose herself with Luke's lightsaber, she turns it down. Yeah. But that's such a beautiful way that. That you put it that as a scavenger it's almost like she's just trying to find meaning in things other people want to discard but you're you're right she doesn't do it for herself
3: yeah and and she's she's content to do her part and and then go back home and kind of go back yeah. or, you know, just go back waiting and and she's not looking for glory she's not looking to break free from you know from you know whereas, whereas you know Yoda basically told Luke always looked away, looked to the horizon, never his mind on where where he was. Ray's mind was always on where she was. What can she do in that moment you know to be to be of help to somebody and then she was perfectly happy to, right, to go right back to where to that you know to that to that life. Now granted that you know she her vulnerability was in the, the that, that you know looking for belonging. Right. Looking for that home that she thought that had abandoned her and she didn't want to be gone with that home ever came back. But it, but her generosity always her generosity and her and her ability always kind of took precedence if she felt like she could be of help to somebody. Well, we see it And with, it wasn't for uh, glory. It wasn't for
1: personal. Yeah. We see it with Dio in Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Like immediately she's just like, you're with us now.
3: Yeah. And she's and she can kind of tell. She could tell immediately that that when when somebody's in need, right? Somebody's mistreated, destroyed. You're with us. I'm going to take care of you. You know, they, like that's something that was constant all the way through her her arc from the very very beginning.
1: And that's something that like, not to knock Luke, but it's something that he didn't have from the get go. You know, like that's he, right. he was very, you know, I don't know if selfish is is the right word. That maybe be a little bit too strong. But, you know, he was, he was very much about his journey and where he was going. And I think the part that, yeah. that she has and why her and Leia's relationship is so special is they kind of share that, you know, caring for others quality. You know, um, you see yeah. Leia wrap the blanket around Luke, you know, after her planet has been blown up, you know, and she's worried about him. And and we see the same kind of thing, you know, with Ray and BB-8, like something as simple as his antenna. You know, she knows he can't find his way if his antenna isn't, you know, straight um, kind of thing. And and with Dio, you know, she she fixes him, you know, she puts grease in his wheel. And even for Dio, like, he was afraid of her to start with, and she was still welcoming to him. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just, she's got that that quality that makes you want to follow her, you know, the the kind of servant leadership aspect of, you know, she's, she's always putting other people first. And I think that partially is to her detriment, you know, is, is she doesn't take care of herself. And that's kind of part of her journey is her figuring out, you know, who she is and how to handle all of that. Um, but, man, those first – like the first – I mean – Really, all of Force Awakens with her is great, but the first like thirty minutes with her on Jakku mm-hmm. is just some of the best Star Wars that exists. The moment where she's like, "Stop taking my hand," that's <laughs> yes, that was yeah, the moment of my I was like, "I'm all time favorite line." So totally, yeah. I I was on board. Like when she pulled the goggles up, I was really excited. I was fascinated. I was like, "Yes, finally!" Because she was the character I was most looking forward to to learning about. Uh, going into the movie but then that line there i was like that's perfect it's just it's great so
3: and let's you know let, let's give credit where credit is due we, we may get into some some heavy criticism of jj abrams tonight you know especially if i <laughs> refill this glass of whiskey next to me uh, <laughs> but but nobody does casting better than jj J. abrams and and the, the you know the 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 blend of of character and actor for Ray and Daisy Ridley is brilliant. It's it's the fact that we that we got this wonderful, wonderful new character out of these out of these sequel movies, it didn't it didn't have to happen, right? I mean Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo and, and Harrison Ford, you know, these this is lightning in a bottle type stuff. And I think that Daisy Ridley as Ray is exactly as as, uh, as perfect, right? I think, I I think that she was born to play this character and I love watching her do other things as well. well. And I think that her career from now is going to be, is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a sight to see, but the fact that we were given this wonderful blend of character and actor, uh, it's, it, it didn't have to happen. We're, we're extraordinarily lucky.
2: I think too, I mean, just to praise JJ a little bit more, because I couldn't agree more. I think he has an unprecedented talent for finding the diamond in the rough. Mm. And he really was able to, I think on everyone who he cast, get it perfectly. But one of the other things he does so well is how to create that chemistry. You know, it's it's yes. kind of one of the... the f- At the time, a very famous story, and now with everything else that has happened since, I feel, fallen to the wayside. But when they were filming The Force Awakens originally, and they had to pause shooting because Harrison got hurt on set, and he took the time to rewatch everything he had shot with Daisy and John and say, okay, this is how we can go back in and change this, and this is how we can recreate some of the chemistry – That's something that maybe is easy for a director to say, but for him to then action on that and for him to say, okay, not only do I need to change the chemistry, this is what I'm going to do to go in and actually make those changes. It's incredible because so much of Ray is number one. Like you said, Daisy Number two, so much of Rey, is how she interacts with these other characters and getting to see how she goes from not even wanting BB-8 to stick around overnight, but now BB-8's basically her dog. And Hmm. BB-8 was the gateway to Finn, which led to the gateway to uh, Han. And it really was just one after the other but seeing how quick she is to see the value in other people and stay open minded i think that's another kind of cornerstone of ray's personality that we only get by seeing her chemistry with other people yeah
0: i um saw recently well not maybe like a week or two ago um on twitter that supposedly jessica henwick had been in the running for for ray Mm-hmm. and i i love her but every every time everything that i've seen her and she's just like this like just she's so hardcore like this just really awesome like she will kick your butt and you will thank her for it kind of attitude and i just like it would have been cool if ray had been a poc but like you're right like daisy has this this charm this earnestness that I don't think anybody else could have pulled off and the relationships that she has like, like with Finn. And that's like also another slice of it because her, her relationship with like John Boyega and how much they love each other, that, that always shines through. Like I think whenever I watch anything with them, you can tell how much they love to be on screen together.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a uh, a chemistry that comes together, and, and like I think it all comes together really in that, that scene in Rise of Skywalker, you know, right when Finn and Poe get back, and she's like, what did you do to Han's ship? And bad mood? Who, me? No, him. Always. Uh, I mean, it's just like yeah. all of that, like all the work that they, they did to find, you know, these diamonds in the rough, as you said, it... it Came together in that moment, and, and I have you know issues like I've talked about with Rise of Skywalker, and I love a lot of Rise of Skywalker, and without a doubt, the best part of Rise of Skywalker is is finally having this this team together because when we start in Force Awakens, Rey is so alone, and it goes back to that that found family idea. I think that's the the biggest idea that of change that we see in Rey and Force Awakens is not just her, you know, she calls the lightsaber and, and, you know, Burning Homestead plays, and she's on this journey now, but I think the fact that she's gone with Finn, she's opened herself to Han, uh, you know, she has, you know, looked in Maz's eyes like a grandma, like, there's an openness that she now has to the idea that maybe my family isn't who i thought my family was you know maybe family yeah. means something more than just the people who birthed me you know um just uh talking about those little small moments Lindsay.
3: like you were saying there's this there's this look um on Starkiller base when you know she's she's been captured and she's trying to escape and she comes she turns around the corner she runs into finn and and han and chewy And the look in her face, like it's, it's this brief, it's the tiniest moment, but she can't believe it. She can't believe that people came, that people came back for her, you know, and she, she's just, she's, and you know, she, she goes from the, from the shock immediately to the glee, you know, but there's that little moment where she was really genuinely surprised that anybody came back for her. And then, you know, and then when, uh, you know, when, when it's, it's a beautiful moment, but you know, Chewie has a line. Finn says, What did he say? And she looks in this just quiet voice and she says, He says it was your idea. And then she just throws her arms around him because she's never felt anything like that before. She's never, you know, as, as much of an effect as as Ray had on on Finn in terms of him wanting to be a hero, the effect that Finn has on Ray, that there are people out here that care about me. It's just that it's just these tiny little beautiful moments between these characters. And it's really what it it's what's it's what Star Wars is about. You know, it's a, it's about friendship. It's about love, and uh, and that it's it's she just gives us gives us that in spades.
2: So I gotta say, just because I know I personally could talk all night about how amazing Ray is, why she's so amazing, how it's a mix of everything that's so classically Star Wars. It's a mix of Daisy and JJ. Mm. I do just have to say one kind of controversial thing. Or at Sorry. least I know it's going to be controversial <laughs> here. I mean, you and I, sometimes,
0: you know, we share a lot of the same opinions, so. We,
2: we do. Actually, <laughs> I, I was thinking of you this morning because I was listening to the Frozen 2 soundtrack, and all I could think of was right after <laughs> Rise of Skywalker when I texted you, and I was like, so, Elsa and Rey, they're the same same character, right? Yeah? Nice. Yeah, yeah well oh, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, okay, so you guys know... I love The Last Jedi. I think Ryan Johnson did an absolutely incredible job. And with the Star Wars climate being what it always is, I'm always so hesitant to sound like I'm bashing, especially The Last Jedi and or Ryan Johnson. Um, you're in so a just, safe
1: place. All right. All right. Unless you bash Ryan Johnson or The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Then, then, then right. you're canceled. <laughs>
2: No. Well, it's it's not even so much a, a Ryan Johnson critique. Um, and maybe not even that much of a critique, but my biggest flaw with The Last Jedi is as I as I was sitting down thinking of Ray's arc for tonight's episode for the article that is now on Clashing Sabres, what I realized was the Last Jedi didn't really give us anything new for her. You know, there's there's nothing incredibly new personality-wise or, or story-wise that we really get for Rey in The Last Jedi. I would say the biggest moment that she has is when she starts to side with Ben Solo a little bit and when she can put down everything that she thinks and knows and says all right, so Luke Skywalker, this myth, this hero, maybe he's not 100% perfect. That critical thinking component was probably Rey's biggest moment in The Last Jedi. Everything else kind of happens to her, not because of her. And I don't know, just overall, when we're looking at Rey as a character and her arc, I think The Last Jedi is kind of, a collection of her weakest moments, not because they're bad, but again, she doesn't actively do too much in that movie.
1: I can I uh well, hold, hold, hold on go ahead. I, I have to strongly disagree. Um, no surprise there. So I, I I think you know her story in the Last Jedi is. Her realizing that, you know, these myths, these legends that are either created by the galaxy or created in her own mind, a la her parents, a la Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, are not the ones who are going to give direction to her life. And I think the scene where, you know, they zoom in to create with her and Chewbacca and she's sitting there and she's blasting TIE fighters. And she says, I like this. That's her saying, I like this idea of me being able to be my own kind of hero, um, and I, I I would disagree that sh- everything happens to her. She makes the choice to go to uh, the Star Destroyer. She makes tr- makes the choice to give herself over to Ben and, and face Snoke. And I I think there's a huge problem that she has that that she has to get this idea out of her mind it's almost like she has a binary of either everybody else is going to be the hero. And when she realizes that's not what it's going to be, then she decides she's going to be the hero, but it's much more of a bravado type situation. She, you know, knows this myth of Luke Skywalker walking into the death star and facing down Emperor Palpatine, which the story that the galaxy knows is probably extremely different from the story that we know. And she thinks she can just show up and do the same thing. Cause she's got good intentions in her heart. And she learns the hard way that that's not how things are going to go. And that just having good intentions is not good enough. You know, you have to have a purpose and you have to have a meaning and she finds that meaning. And I think she tries to find it in, you know, these, these people who she feels like she's supposed to find the meaning in, in the Luke Skywalkers, in the Han Solos, even in, uh, you know, characters like Leia. And it's, when she realizes that the people who have her back, Finn and and then, you know, Poe later on, are the people that she needs to lean into. Not the people who are ha- are, are are supposed to air quote, supposed to be the people who help save her. I have a question. Go for it.
0: Okay. So I get what you're saying and I get what Lindsay's saying. Um my question is: So we know that in the Last Jedi, she. So from the Last Jedi, we get that the the relationship, the connection, force connection, the dyad that she has with uh, Kylo. It was in it. It's basically Snoke is like, I did that. Um, did the I haven't seen the Rise of Skywalker enough to say if was that really Snoke who did that. did Palpatine so in essence did Palpatine do that because I think that that if Palpatine created that diet then that's that can kind of change how you view whether things like where where you can say oh yes this was done to her but also she made this choice but how much of that choice was influenced by this thing that was done to her does that make sense
1: yeah I think it goes back to what I've been saying since day one about Snoke is he's just a man behind the curtain you know Wizard of Oz um, I think he's he's all show and no real go you know he, he projects himself as you know this large hologram to intimidate people um, he you know can do force lightning which we see in Rise of Skywalker can happen by accident too and and then we see him, yes, he has a connection to the Force, but we see in The Last Jedi and we see in the Snoke comic that he can perceive things in the Force, but he doesn't understand what's actually happening. He He's blinded by his own ego and, and what he thinks should be there um, because I think to some extent, and this, is, this part's just a headcanon, I think to some extent Palpatine... Programmed, I guess a, a, a flaw into him so that he would always, you know, end up falling when Palpatine could step in. But I don't think, I, I think just straight up Snoke realized the connection. And I think he, he allowed for situations where Ben Solo was going to be alone, where he was going to be weak. I think that, that him, berating him at the beginning was more about getting him to go towards ray um so so maybe in his mind he he bridged their minds but i think that's just the forced dyad thing and him stepping and going like oh yeah look at you know look at what i did it's it's like when adriana you'll get this it's like when you have this like (laughs) moment where like different parts of your lesson come together that you didn't plan and you're like yeah, that was totally. You see what connection I made there? Look how all <laughs> of this comes together, full circle. Yes, okay, right. Yeah, that's what yes. I, I. That's what I feel like is happening with Snoke all the time.
0: Okay, I I just because I, I know like in the Last Jedi, um, and, and and obviously in the Rise of Skywalker, it's very clear that Ben is manipulating her through the Force diet. Like he like not necessarily knows as much as maybe snoke or palpatine did but he's very aware and he's very like this is using it to manipulate her um and and to me like that manipulation um it really affects like okay she made this choice because he said that so i i just i it, it's it, it to me like I can get where you say this, and Lindsay says that. So I think it's it's just really a matter of of knowing exactly how this forced dyad came to be, and exactly how much Kylo knows, and how much he uses that to influence her decisions. Because it's very clear that you know he was able to um, obviously go through her mind, and she was able to get out of it. But so he knows the kind of person that she is, you know, and how is he making how is he presenting himself in such a way that he's like, Okay, she's this kind of person, maybe if I say this thing, it will like work for her to be on my side. Does that make am I making any sense? I
3: think it makes sense. You
0: you are just really don't (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I, so I tell you what want to blame I think. him for all yeah. of
0: Ray's problems.
3: <laughs> well, no. So here's 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 my theory. Okay, so uh, the Palpatine didn't know about the dyad, right? Um, not until the two of them came together, right? Not, in, not he he sort of seemed to discover it, right? Snoke says that he that he bridged the minds of Rey and and Kylo Ren and I don't think that we're presented with any reason to disbelieve that right it was clearly part of the, part of the plan but you know to the to to y'all's point Snoke didn't know what he was playing around with right and I think that that what what the what all 3 films kind of present to us is is not so much that there's you know something mysterious in the force that is bringing these two people together in ways that nobody can understand, but that Ray right it's it's Ray's heart and Ray's spirit that makes the connection that's that, that, that begins on Starkiller base is enhanced in uh, you know in last Jedi and comes to fruition in Rise of Skywalker the depth of that connection, is rooted in, at least from the way I see it, the depth of that connection is rooted in Ray's generosity of spirit. And Palpatine can't take credit for it, Ben can't take credit for it, and and Snow can't take credit for it, right? It's Ray's, uh, it's, it's Rey's, um, outreached hand, for lack of a better, for lack of a better metaphor, right? That 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 takes this 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 connection which originated in the dark side right it originated when ben invaded her right um and it's her reaction to that that that, that turns it into something that it was never intended there was never intended to do which plays some part in the redemption of the galaxy right this is kind of the, this is where i can sort of get behind some of what rise of skywalker is trying to do but honestly the only way i can get there is to give all the credit for that to Rey and and who she is and how she, how they never saw her coming because of her generosity toward her generosity and her compassion and her her openness to things that she doesn't that, that other people tell her not to trust right and that you know that's the that's the um, uh, that in the same way that palpatine never saw luke coming right at the end of return of the jedi he didn't see Ray coming either, right? And it wasn't. I. I don't look at it as, you know, the dyad. I don't look at it as as you know something mystical and ephemeral and, and untouchable or anything like that. It's very concrete. It's very real. And it comes from her. It comes from them. It comes from the light, you know. Uh, and that's that that's that's kind of how I see that through line between between the two characters.
0: All right. That's, I'm, I'm not gonna that's talk anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing too, you know, Bill, I want to build off of what you say too, with um Palpatine didn't see her coming. She has this goodness of spirit, this generosity. I think the piece that makes her so unique compared to anyone else except maybe to be honest, Han Solo that we see in Star Wars is she's probably the only character who truly doesn't want any kind of leadership and she mm-hmm. doesn't want any kind of power you know we one thing that really struck me um in the the rise of skywalker is how little of a leader she is because at no point does Anyone look to her to be like, what do we do now? Well, what are you going to do? We'll just do everything you do. You know, princess Leia has that amazing moment on echo base when Hoth is being attacked and she's there in the middle of all these pilots and, and she's telling them what the plan is, what the vision is. We see Poe doing the debriefing in rise of Skywalker and, um, you know, taking a pretty strong part in The Force Awakens and obviously The Last Jedi, where he's leading people. There's all these clear ideas and these great communicators and these great visionaries telling everyone else how they're going to get there. And yeah. everyone else looks to those people. You know, in the prequel trilogy, in Clone Wars, we have Padme time and time again taking on this role, but Ray doesn't want it at all to the point where Poe comes back. In the beat it up Falcon, and he's arguing with Ray, and his line always sticks out to me. It's you know, we need you. You're the best fighter we have, but you're not out there fighting. You're here training. And, And then he says, And for what? She is literally so little of a leader and doesn't want any kind of power that People don't even understand what she's training for. She's not trying necessarily to recruit anyone to her personal cause. And that's truly like no one else we've seen. Even Obi-Wan, even Yoda, Mace Windu, they at least wanted power within the Jedi Order and within the Republic in some way, shape, or form. But maybe the reason no one truly saw Rey coming is because she didn't have that innate desire for any kind of control.
3: I think that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. in a way, like that, it's it's one of those things that that's one of the 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 growth arcs that Luke had, right? You know, by the time Luke gets gets to Return of the Jedi, he's sort of you know he's given up the idea of uh, uh, you know of being. The, you know, the hero that everybody looks to and the, you know, the the rock star pilot and all that type of stuff. He doesn't, he doesn't think about those things anymore. And the only moment where the, where the larger galaxy kind of gives him any attention is when he comes back onto home one and he says, I'm with you too. And you can see everybody's like, oh it's the, you know, it's the Jedi. That's, that's wonderful. But then after that Han leads the mission. Right. Mm-hmm. Hans, the, Hans yep. the general and yep. Luke, you know, he, he helps out. He gets them connected with the Ewoks and then he goes off on his own personal thing. And I think that was a bit of a it was a bit of a missed opportunity in, in Rise of Skywalker to make that point. I don't exactly know what Poe and Ray were fighting about at the, you know, at, at, at the beginning, but the, the, the rest of the folks on the Resistance base, the, you know, it, it's t- it was tough to get a sense of what is her place? How do people think about her? Right, other than Chewie and Han and and, and Finn and three PO and Leia, obviously, how do people think about the Last Jedi? You know, how do people think about this, you know, this woman that that is hanging around, you know, training for something, but we don't actually know. I don't really explore that very much in uh, in uh, Rise of Skywalker.
2: No, they don't. They're pretty dismissive. I mean, even when. Um you know um Poe mentions Exegol for the first time to the resistance
4: yeah. and
2: Ray doesn't step up to be like oh my god guys guess what i know what that is i know how to get there i know what to do now no she she moves off to the side double checks her sources yeah. and then comes and just goes um excuse me miss can i Can I talk to you? Can can we have a little sidebar? And everyone else, they they seem to respect that. And it's even something we see in the book um, Brandon, the one that I think you were thinking of earlier, um, Resistance Reborn, where it's okay for Ray and Leia Leia to have these side conversations. And no one really butts in. It's okay for Ray and Finn to have these side conversations and no one really butts in. But it goes back to what we see in The Force Awakens where she is choosing some kind of isolation. It's obviously not as bad as I'm going to stay on Jakku. But she's choosing some form of isolation throughout the next two movies. She's equally as independent as when she says, I know how to run without you holding my hand. Mm-hmm. She's still even equally as humble as when she doesn't want to take credit for saving Finn from the Wrath Tars. And she has all of these these characteristics, these core values that they don't change, but they grow into something bigger. So now instead of just having all of these in these tiny little moments, by the time we get to The Rise of Skywalker, we see that in a much grander galaxy saving way where she doesn't need that credit, but she's up for the challenge and she's able to do it because she has that strong backbone and because she's that strong character.
0: She's a beautiful juxtaposition of not wanting any power, but risking to like willing to risk her life for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They it's hit so right. like, the real and like, and it's and it's like how like, how does Palpatine approach somebody like that? Because all he is offering her is, like, power to become the most powerful. And she's like, no, I don't want that, you know. And and her ultimate, she doesn't care if she dies. She just wants her friends, she wants the resistance to live on. And if she dies in the process, then, you know, she doesn't, it's, it's nothing for her. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and I think that's why she has the the right, if you will, to say, I am all the Jedi. Because I think in our, in our conversations about, you know, who's the best Jedi, who's the, you know, best Sith, we, we throw this word power around as if being able to do the most things with the Force is what makes you the best Jedi. But it's not about that. It's about your trust in the Force, your faith in the Force, your willingness to give of yourself that she has that even Luke seeks power at times, you know? Um, and, and I think that's something, you know, he, he throws away the lightsaber on the second Death Star, and, and that's that proclamation that the Jedi aren't going to be the same, and, and he comes back, you know, in the hut to Ben looking at the power that ben is going to have the power he's going to have to do things to to hurt the people that he loves and he thinks about the power that he has to stop it ray is not one who thinks about power you know she's not one who thinks about not in the sense of you know what she can do with the force or her place in in the larger galaxy in the leadership sense like Lindsay was talking about earlier she just wants to to be there for other people and she's mm-hmm. willing to to do whatever she needs to do to make sure her friends are are safe um to make sure that the galaxy gets you know in the ends in the right place if you will um and that's why i think she she is the one that needs to to say i am all the jedi because she's the culmination of finally overcoming this idea that somehow being the most powerful or being able to do the coolest things or jump the highest or whatever it may be is what makes you the best you know jedi (laughs)
3: <laughs> couple of weeks ago the, the last thing i want to do is to kind of take this movie away from anybody i'm really happy that that so many people are enjoying it but i, I have to say you know that that the idea that ray achieved her her final victory by by somehow connecting to and absorbing the the power of quote unquote all the jedi is one of the things that i kind of i had the, the 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 toughest issue with in watching this movie i really wish that i i don't feel like she should have needed it you know she she was she was as we've been saying she was her own you know her own individual from the very beginning she had a unique generosity of spirit she had a a an instinctive selflessness which uh you know which which in the past has always been enough to conquer the dark side And and the fact that they resolved this movie by somehow, you know, connect like, you know, she had she she had no connection to the to to the Jedi of of any previous generation. She didn't know who those people were, what the connection was based on. I honestly don't understand and I don't feel like the movie told us. And and I, I wish that I wish that the whole thing didn't come down to her not being able to do it on her own. I just, I just kind of, it left me feeling, it left me feeling very, you know, very flat. I, I wish that, it, I wish that, I mean, here's, here's the thing. The, um, you know, up, up until this movie, right? It's like you say, Brandon, we've never actually, the, the, the saving the galaxy has never been a question of who has the strongest force powers, right who can do the hardest lightning or who can deflect the largest you know, blaster bolts or anything like that it's always been spirit it's always been you know hope versus fear and love versus you know and love versus hate right until until now right until now when we have the most powerful force lightning ever and we need the you know we need to connect with uh, you know with with you do know, with with a whole bunch of other people that we've never actually even met you know in order to deflect those bolts and that's how we win i was really disappointed in that man i really wanted i really wanted lays uh, uh, raise um raise unyielding compassion for ben solo and her love for her friends and all and the the personal connections the, the 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 you know the the concrete way that she acted in the world to be what saved the day as opposed to as opposed to what happened
2: Can I take a crack at marrying the two?
3: I would love it if you did. Thank you. Yes. Rather than me try to take this movie away from people, give it to me, please. All
2: right. I I totally get where you're coming from, and I hadn't thought of it like that. So Uh, everything kind of made me stop and think like, oh, wait. Yeah. It, It was just as you're explaining it, it was very much a new way for me to think of it. The only thing that kept coming to mind right now for me was equating it to the scene in Avengers Endgame where Captain America finally no. gets... Oh, uh, what do you mean, no? <laughs>
0: oh, no. I just... you know I where I'm absolutely <laughs> hate Avengers Endgame, so I don't know
2: if I'm going to like this.
3: I've, I've listened to Adriana podcast about Marvel before. I think...
2: <laughs> I I should have known what I was stepping into. Yeah. But I, I think of it as, you know, the there's a part in Avengers Endgame where Captain America finally gets Thor's hammer. And Thor stops and he's like, I, I knew it. I knew that guy was, was worthy. And the whole thing with Thor's hammer is you don't have to be the strongest to pick it up and yield it. And that's not... E- the hammer itself isn't even going to necessarily win or lose the battle on its own. But what makes it interesting is you have to be a worthy enough person to be able to pick it up. And that's kind of what I equate that final scene to where Ray doesn't necessarily win because she is the most powerful or she knows the most tricks, but because all of the Jedi are looking down at her and saying, here's the descendant of the man who essentially defeated us. But you know what? We see all of those great things she's done on Earth. We see these amazing qualities, this kindness in her. And all of the Jedi are deeming her worthy at that point. Because it it wouldn't have been nearly as impressive if in that first scene with Rey in The Rise of Skywalker when she's meditating and she's doing her be with me, be with me, and everyone was there. Then it would just be a party trick. But because we we see that it took that moment for all the other Jedi to finally say, "All right, now we're here. Now we'll come in and help you out, and we'll kind of give you this power." I
3: thought okay. that worked uh, worked really well in Endgame.
2: Can
0: um can I just I have an analogy too. <laughs> um, okay, have you guys ever have you any of you watched Avatar: The Last Airbender?
1: Of course. I yeah. son okay. loves Last
3: Airbender. I haven't, I haven't watched.
0: It. Okay, so for me, um, that part, I, I loved it. Also, like because I'm a prequel stan, so getting to hear Hayden Christensen's voice was like, oh my gosh, my <laughs> but um, so Avatar, you know, the Last Airbender, right? Every every generation, there's an Avatar, and that Avatar, um, he has access to all the previous avatars and so to me it wasn't it wasn't like saying that ray can't do it on her own it's ray being able and and because the the force is some weird mystical thing that we like there's always new stuff happening right um and to me i always I, i like seeing that that was kind of similar to when Aang is in the avatar state, when he has access to all that knowledge and power and is able, and he's channeling it through him. It's not making him like, not not saying he's like weak or anything. It's being smart and utilizing all this information, using all this knowledge that others before him have, have learned and using it. And to me, it felt very similar in that vein that, that not just Rey, but essentially all Jedi at some point are connected through being Jedi, and you can access them through, however, like, uh, like a, I don't know if like a Jedi avatar state does. Well, I think the,
1: <laughs> I I like what you're getting at there, and and I've kind of read it as like they're not actually you know, going into her. She's not actually physically all the Jedi, whereas I think with the Sith, there is some sense of that, like something weird's going on there. And I, the movie doesn't explain it well enough, um, in my opinion. You kind of had to headcanon some of it. But I go back to the Darth Bane book uh, you know, trilogy, and right at the end there, it's kind of ambiguous about whether Bane was able to transfer his essence into his apprentice. And so I think in, in some sense, there, through some Sith magic or something, Palpatine really does have all the Sith in him. Um, Ray, I don't think it is actually like a physical thing I think like you're saying Adriana he, she's able to take on that legacy. She's able to take on the understanding and and learn from the mistakes of the the ones who have came come before her. But I think even more important, you know, we start this story with her not thinking of herself as worthy, with her not thinking of herself as somebody who deserves anything really i mean look at the way she's living and we get to to the end of her story and it's her realizing that she's been enough all along you know for all the people who say that you know she doesn't change or or anything through the trilogy like there's a big change there in realizing you are enough you know um and, and i think that's the the end point for ray is her realizing whether her last name is is palpatine or skywalker or nobody she's enough
0: and and, and yet- see that's where my beef comes from is at the end like you put it she realizes that she is enough that she is worthy so for me i feel like it would have been a much stronger ending had they asked her who are you and she had just said ray just ray
3: adriana mm. i completely agree with you I, and, I that, and, and that and that moment you know that <laughs> moment on pasana you know when they ask her you know when the, the the child asks her what her name is and she says i'm just ray she doesn't seem upset she doesn't seem discontented she exactly. seems she seems perfectly happy to just be ray because 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 she's already at that point right she's already she's already come to the conclusion at the end of the last jedi that she's you know that she's just ray and that's fine she's totally happy there's nowhere to go from there until you know she finds out oh wait i'm not just ray and then it takes us down this whole path where it says oh wait a minute maybe i'm not as good as i thought i was because my grandfather was was space muslim uh, you know space hitler uh, and, and then at, by the end of the movie, okay, good. I'm not, I'm not space Hitler. I'm space. I don't know. Roosevelt. I, but, you know, but, but that's, but that's kind of what I mean, right? Like I, I wish I would like that whole moment where, you know, if she begins the, her arc and force awakens with this longing to be part of something bigger right longing to be part of the family longing to be part of you know to, to be welcomed and she gets all these wonderful things friends and a found family and a ship and and a, and and, and uh, the ability to help people and training and all these wonderful things um, but then the rise of skywalker seems to be saying no that's not enough you also need a legacy you also need a a heritage and 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 if you if you if you accept that if you accept that you have a heritage and you're, you know, and, and it's a good heritage, not a bad heritage, mm-hmm. but, it's, but, but then you can save the galaxy. I just, I, I, I just, it just seems to me to be so contrary to everything that had, you know, to that had come before. And, um, and it's the kind of thing, like, I almost, I didn't realize how important it was to me until I got to thinking about rise of Skywalker and, and why it left me feeling a little flat. Right. And, and I think a lot of it just kind of comes down to, she was just Ray and that was fine. Why is the movie telling me that's not fine?
0: And yeah. okay, just a quick, cause I know you're going to, you have so much to say. So I just want to make like a little quick, like, okay. And, and to me too, if she was going to pick somebody's legacy to go on, um, I feel that she had a much stronger relationship with Leia. So it would have made ultimately more sense for me to, for me, for her to have taken uh, Organa on as a, as a name, as opposed oh, to Skywalker, that would have been
2: nice.
0: you yeah. know, and, and yeah, I completely
3: agree. And, yeah, and like, yeah.
0: Ultimately, like Luke's legacy is, you know, he, he's gone, he disappeared, but you had Leia fighting, until her very last breath, so that's just something too, that I want to before Lindsay, you go and take us away <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, one thing one thing I just wish that they played around with a little bit more in the Rise of Skywalker because when they do it, it was so effective to me because Bill Adriana, you guys are totally right that, you know, when she's on the desert on Pisana, I actually thought it was a little weird how content she finally seemed with being no one, because in the Force Awakens, when it comes to her family, it's almost a non-issue, especially to her. You know, her family's just a group of people she was waiting for to come back, and. I, I say it all the time. I came out of The Force Awakens, and until I went online that weekend, at no point was I like, oh, my God, who are her parents? I remember even thinking, like, when she kept saying, I'm waiting for my family to come back, like, oh, that's nice. Does she have a brother? Does she have a sister? You know, <laughs> was she was she the, oh, the youngest yeah. child of the middle? Um, and, and it seemed like it was just as much of a non-issue to her as it was to me until it very much wasn't. Hmm. So, similar to all of us, or at least me in the fandom, she didn't start thinking about it until that idea was in her head in The Last Jedi. So, we go from The Force Awakens, where it's that non issue, to The Last Jedi, where she wants to know. In The Force, yeah. in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, though, there's one part um, it's when she's in Kylo Ren's chambers. And they start the duel and he's pressing her like, remember your parents. I know more now. Don't you want to know? And at that point, she actually becomes afraid of the answer. And it's, I think really the first time we see that fear in her where she starts to accept there's, there's something I remember. There's something I don't want to tap into. I don't want someone to bring this out of me. And I think if, the rise of Skywalker had spent a little bit more time playing on that fear, things would have made a lot more sense and the ending might have seemed more satisfying because it wouldn't have just been, I'm going to tack on to this last name. It would have been, I overcame this fear of who I am and I'm going to now just reinvent myself.
3: Yeah. You know what I got out of that and it was, it was, it was really very powerful, right? Because, you know, there's a difference between wanting to know where you came from and and reliving trauma right and what and what kylo ren was really doing to her at that moment it was it was partly the idea that i'm going to reveal to you something that you would that you would like to know but it was also i'm 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 going to force you to address and acknowledge the you know the trauma of of abandonment and the trauma of uh, you know of of violence uh, and of course in that moment, it's no, it's, it's very human of her to want to reject it, right. To want to, you know, to want to have nothing to do with it. And you're right, Lindsay. I mean, that, you know, that may be, that, that, that may be part of, um, you know, part of, like, that's something that she needed to go through. Uh, you know, she needed to, to, um, uh, to reconcile, you know, whatever was, whatever she, she remembered. Um, uh, you know, versus all the gaps that she, that she was trying to fill all that time. Um, but I just, I I just feel like it was muddled, you know, it was muddled with, with, um, the parents, the grandparents, the, it just, you know, and, and just the, once again, the idea that, that her just being who she was, um, you know, and it wasn't—it wasn't like the characters that were telling her that you're you're not enough, right? It was the, it was the movie that was telling us that, right? The movie was saying that your identity comes from your blood, right? Your identity, like the the identities with which she was grappling, right, it was the identity that you know the 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 identity of. Of, of her blood that's what the the movie seemed to be saying this is something for you to overcome the fact that your bloodline has this corruption in it um and uh and that added on top of the things you're saying like you know with you know the trauma of 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 having her parents having left her and because you got to imagine they had a pretty they must have had a pretty good and loving life up until that time up until age six or so Right, so you know that 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 that's that's something that could have used some a little bit more, kind of exploration. Um, uh, but I think of course, yeah. The
1: ago,
4: so.
1: the real issue. I mean, there's there's issue around it being you know her being a Palpatine and stuff, but we've kind of talked about that. You know, the the good and bad about that. You know, ad nauseum. I think the real <laughs> thing is. That end scene, I think if you just take that out and you have it end with them on, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the planet, but the resistance planet where they're at with them hugging and and you just go out there and you yeah. don't have that end part and you don't have her take on the Skywalker name, I think there would have, I, I, I think a lot of people would have left with a better taste in their mouth than they did i know that's because that's the part that i've kind of struggled with the most is i i really don't know if i like her being a skywalker like i sure it was the end of the skywalker saga but now there's technically a skywalker out there so is it the it it just felt that's that's what i've come to realize she didn't and and my biggest issue with this movie, which every time I sit down to watch this movie, I have a blast. It's a great ride, and I love 90% of it. My biggest issue with it is it doesn't feel like the end of the saga. It feels like the next pause in the saga. It feels like Obi-Wan handing over Luke to Owen and Baru. You know, it, mm-hmm. the
0: exactly yes
1: that's that's the the issue that i have with it is it feels like there's more stories out there for ray and she's such a fascinating character um and somebody that is so she's so introverted and and kind of you know sh- not sheltered but she keeps to herself so much that she's hard to she's inter- a
2: really nuanced character yeah
1: yeah yes so there's a lot of angles to her so
3: you know that that one line in uh, in Return of the Jedi where um, uh, where where Yoda tells Luke to pass on what you've learned, you know, that 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 gave you a sense of where things kind of go from here, right? That Luke's you know the Return of the Jedi, right? So you know that Luke you know what kind of Luke's mission is, right? And we all know that it went to pot, right? Now, but we didn't know that at the time, right? Uh, I mean, what do we think about, like, like where, what path is Ray set off on now? Because, because I, I kind of, I'm sort of with you guys, right? Like the, the moment where she was hugging Finn and, and, uh, uh, and Poe, that felt, that felt like an ending, right? That felt like, like, like this is what the movie's about. The movie's about friendship, movie's about, you know, about the love amongst people that have sacrificed together and boom, they've got it, fade to black, you know, done, right? But then hang on we have we have unfinished business right we have we have ray really really for the first time in the movie defining the identity with which she is going to now you know take the rest of her take the rest of her life but what is that where does she go from from here i'm not asking rhetorically i'm honestly what do you, what do you guys think <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. as much as i hate to say it i think she goes to episode 10 11 and 12 at some point Honestly,
3: <laughs> but to, but to do to do what like to, does does she does is she going to train a new generation of Jedi? Is she going to be is she and BB-8 going to stay on on uh, you, you know at the at the Lars homestead? And I don't and live think a they simple life there. Uh, no, I don't what, think they
1: stay the, on Tatooine. That that's I, a read I'd I never got. Hope
0: not. <laughs> yeah, no, I I always like felt it would have been. Um, nice not not necessarily necessary but like like had a ca- academy like her going and finding like the little broomstick boy at the end of the last jedi and yeah. you know and baby um, yoda yeah <laughs> baby yoda She's
1: what a great here. team man
0: yeah. <laughs> um and then and, and um Because she she has all the Jedi books, you know, Um, and maybe taking it back to not, obviously, you know, the Jedi in the prequels were not the right kind of Jedi, but like, you know, going maybe back to finding some kind of balance, I think, between um, what Luke feels like a Jedi is and what a Jedi should be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
3: I mean, so you know, something where, where, and this is where the whole connection with the, with the, with the Jedi texts, her relationship with Luke and Leia and, and this connection with all the Jedi that she, that, that she established at the end of the movie. If anybody can take those three things, right. And put them together into something that something magical, something amazing. Um, it's her. And I just wish that the movie had kind of had, had explored that, that a little bit. You know, because it's incredibly, it's incredibly powerful. Did all right, this, if, Brandon, if you want to edit this out, no problem. Because if it takes us down on a rattle. But has it, have you all heard any of the stories of what the Trevorrow script, the original, the, the original script for episode nine? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah I'm happy you brought so, that so up, let's, So let's I not talk it. about it. <laughs> let's not talk about it because. Okay. It's just, right. But, but except to say that I, that, that. I think that that script does attempt to grapple with some of those things in a way that the final cut that from J.J. J. Abrams really, really didn't, in, in my opinion. And I think that I think the effect of that, Brandon, is nothing, you know, nothing, co- con- no, nothing so concrete as, like you say, to leave things open for 10, 11 and 12. And personally, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad
2: thing. Yeah. So, Bill, I'm actually really happy you brought that script up. Um, because one thing I, I still can't decide th- uh, that's a lie. There's a lot of things in that, that as cool as it would have been visually. And for us as super hardcore fans who pick up on all of these things and, and care about those deeper stories, I agree with Bob Iger's original assessment that it is inside baseball and a lot of people wouldn't get it and they would be lost in that story. Um,
3: yeah, See, and, I, and I, you might, you, you, you may be exactly right about that, uh, Lindsay.
2: Um, yeah, just just because one of yeah. my my thoughts on what does Ray do now, is actually involving the Mortis gods, which would have been a part of Trevorrow's script, but everyone keeps saying, you know, this was actually even a conversation I had some, some with some close friends was okay, well, who's the son? Who's the daughter? Now that Ray has kind of absorbed the dyad, she's she's both the son and the daughter, but who's the father? And mm. as I'm thinking it and as we're talking about all of this and I'm putting every all of these pieces together with what does she do now? How does she pass on what she's learned? And even taking it back to what we had said before where she's she's not a leader. And it was Luke's trying to be a leader that, again, led to the corruption in the Force and the corruption of the new Jedi Order. That's right. And when we put all of it together, what I would say is maybe Rey isn't just the son, and maybe she's not just the daughter. Maybe she's also the father. And if we remember in the Clone Wars Mortis trilogy, the father was there to protect the balance. Um, So I really think that she's she is personifying both the light and the dark while still going to be the one to protect other people from really tapping in too much to either side and bringing those extremes back. So that's yeah. personally what I would like to see. Cause I don't think that really would warrant another trilogy, another nine movies, which would beat it into the ground. I like the ending of Ray is there. She has all of this and she's going to protect it.
1: I think there's definitely mm-hmm. something there because, of course, I have my Ben Solo is still alive in Ray theory. Um, no. I, I said Ben Solo, not Kylo Ren. Calm down. They're different. Um,
2: and he has the hammer of Thor.
1: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Um, but, yeah, so I, I kind of think of, like, the father, or excuse me, the the son and the daughter coming together as... You know, they kind of become what the father was supposed to be, and what he he failed to be, and what Anakin failed to be. So, I don't know this. This is a See, movie I'm going to uh, grapple yeah. with a lot.
3: Yeah, I don't think that the the I have a different I have a different theory about Mortis than I think. Uh, than I think about everybody. I I, I think of, of of Mortis as really more what was going on in uh, what was going on inside inside Anakin specifically, as opposed to what was go what's going on uh, wow. you know kind of with the Force in general. Uh, and I know that's not that's that's completely unsupported. I, you know, if, you have to go pure death of the author, I think, to do that because I think what George Lucas has said about Mortis is totally contradictory than what I'm saying. But nevertheless, I think I, I think that. I think that Ray, you know, Ray is Ray is carrying something with her that nobody else has carried before, right? She's carrying part of Ben. She's carrying, you know, uh, she's she's carrying an intimacy with with Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa and Han Solo that no other no other being in the entire galaxy has ever you know has ever had. Um, And uh, I think that that you know, imagining where she goes from here. On the one hand, it's kind of like, well, well. I certainly hope she doesn't entirely keep that to herself, right? Uh, but at the same time, there, there, we have to think about some notion of breaking the wheel, right? If it really is the end of the, uh, the end of the saga, this constant jockeying back and forth between, uh, you know, between the light and the dark, and the light and the dark, just constantly <laughs> at war. Um, uh, you, you know, which cannot be what the force intends for us, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we think about, you know, we're all Luke Skywalker, we're all Ray, we're all Anakin. You know, this constant back and forth, this constant warring. And I know it's about making movies, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but from a story perspective, right? You, you know, you you hope you have to hope for some peace. You know, you have to hope that 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 the end result of all of this, of all of this learning and all of this wisdom you know notwithstanding that we as a human race haven't gotten it right after 20,000 years but just you have to hope that all of this is in aid of some you know just some peace for for ray and for and and for, for for everybody else that she she comes in in, uh, in contact with
2: yeah. I mean, I just want to say quickly. It sounds like we 100% need to get you back on, Bill, for a little mortis discussion. Yeah.
3: Ooh, that would be Yeah. I am down. That would be great. Yeah.
0: I don't think I would be smart enough to be part of that. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh,
3: Adriana, I have heard you podcast on all manner. I I gotta I gotta disagree with you on that. Sorry. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, they, <laughs> no, sometimes, well, well, sometimes I listen to like Drew, Lindsay and Brendan when they're just the three of them. And I'm like, oh, my God, how did I end up like getting to talk Star Wars with these people? They're so much smarter than me.
2: <laughs> no, no. Trust me. We bow oh, down we. to you on, on more <laughs> subjects than you think. So all of us can come back together for this little Mortis discussion because I really do want to explore that. Deeper.
1: Yeah really I need to go sit down and rewatch Mortis right now because that's that's crazy it's but in the timeline. best way possible yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right let's, so Let's do it I want to close out, though. We we have been talking a lot about, you know, where does Ray go from here? And I want to pull in a little something that Lindsay and I do over on Don't Burn the Sacred Text, which is where we say, all right, if you had a, a some kind of attached material to this book, what would you want it to be? Would you want it to be a comic, a, a, a movie, TV show, whatever you want it to be? And kind of what's the general story that you would like to have uh, uh, happen? So we'll kind of go round Robin and I'm not going to lie. I have to think of what mine would be. So Lindsay, I feel like you are the one who would have an idea already. So I'm sending it to you first.
2: All right. You know, it's, it is tough just because like I said, I, in my mind, she's kind of the protector. There's not too much else going on. Um, I would like to kind of see almost like a, checks and balances type thing with her pin pin wow poe and finn you know as things are getting set up as they are trying to figure out the new course for the galaxy and how to save it i would like to almost take it back to the force awakens where she's here saying okay well now what's my place in all of this so not so much where it's character regression because it's, it's not a matter of her saying, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to have a place in this. But here are these great military geniuses. And Finn is someone who people will follow him wherever he goes and they really listen to him. But if I don't want to bring back the Jedi Order as a whole, what's my part in this? um Just because to me, what makes Rey so interesting is a lot of those internal struggles. So... I would say I would want that story in I would say a novel form. I don't think we need any kind of series or comic book where we're dragging it out, but maybe a junior novelization of that story,
1: okay, okay. Bill, what do you think
3: and the And the question is specific to Ray
1: yeah, that, something, yeah okay something uh, with Ray, what would you want
3: so honestly. Um, I'd I'd like to see Ray at this point, uh, be like Kane in Kung Fu. Okay. Um, you know, just basically, you know, not trying to rebuild, not trying to create any kind of galaxy spanning, uh, you know, order peacekeepers and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, I would like to see Ray quietly going from place to place, getting in very small adventures, helping people at a, at a very low and local level and then moving on. Right. And it's the kind of series that could just that could go on forever because you're not you're not talking about making progress anymore. There's no Omega anymore. Right. It's just Ray. And, and let's let's let, let's be kind and assume that BB-8 is is with her. And, and <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, and obviously still in touch with friends and so on and so forth. But I think that, that what Ray, in order to, like I said, sort of break that, you know, break that wheel um i i, I don't I, you know i don't see her you know doing what luke and leia and han obviously did which was you know sort of try to rebuild the galaxy and and amass power and and because that it failed you know i i would like to see ray living a very simple life helping people where she can and and in that sense it's sad i, I would like the story i would like the big story to be over and I would like I would like Star Wars to, to you know, to explore new ground. And I like to imagine Ray just roaming the galaxy, helping people.
1: I like that idea. I like that actually, ok, Adriana, I'm gonna go ahead and do do mine real quick because I'm gonna spin off of that one. I want to <laughs> see the same kind of thing of just like these small little adventures uh, in like junior novel or or even novel form, not in comics, but where you have her but also you have Finn and Janna and I'm assuming all the stormtroopers that that were in her unit are force sensitive which is why they all put their weapons down but just she's going and showing them, you know, what the Jedi should be doing which is I think, you know, that grassroots level stuff not basically being a part of galactic politics and, and I think Luke got a little too isolated and Ray is the one who could kind of find that happy medium. So I want what Bill wants, but just with more characters, I guess. Um, and and <laughs> Because you could go in more avenues. I feel like you have more things that you can do if you pull in, you know, Finn and Poe and Jana and, and all those characters along with them. So, and maybe they meet Ahsoka, so people can stop saying that Ahsoka's dead because I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. So, <laughs> Adriana, what do you want to see with Ray?
0: All right. So funny enough, funny enough, I was also going to uh, talk about how I wanted to see Ray, um, not necessarily go on adventures like the, like you and um, like you guys had mentioned, but I was more along the lines of um Ray helping Finn explore like and, and the other stormtroopers obviously the ex-Stormtroopers like explore so maybe not necessarily with the intention of training the next Jedi but something like that oh. happens mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. with um the stormtroopers and with Finn um and of and I mean Poe can be there too because he's obviously <laughs> in but um, yeah, so um, that that's what I would like to see, and I'm not sure. I think it. Would, I think it would be cool to do it um, in comic form, just because I would like to see some of. The, like I like have such a vivid imagination, and there's things that I just I would want to see. Um, but not a short comic, not a short one. Like a like a real, ongoing,
3: ongoing forever.
0: fifteen issue type comic. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: at least fifteen. You're like if if I had to pick a number out of a hat,
1: <laughs> if you had to pick a number between one and twenty, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's what? Like,
2: at least
0: fifteen, but you know, uh, aiming for like t- twenty, maybe a hundred. I don't know. It's it is
1: <laughs> just round up. Why don't I, you?
0: I just don't think I would ever get tired of like just the the concepts that they could explore about the force new concepts new weird force stuff um there's so much that they could go into and i'm all about that weird force stuff you know like
1: amen there you go, like,
0: this, is, this, is, this is new. This is like uh, like the force diet, like I don't like everybody knows I hate Kylo Ren, but that force diet stuff was very interesting to me. So
1: See, this is know? why we need to have you on the Mortis episode, because it's just weird Force stuff for like an hour. It's gonna be oh, great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I might I'm gonna just watch that tonight. I don't know. Yeah, it's good stuff. It
1: is it's I've been re watching some uh, Clone Wars getting ready for an article that I'm writing about what clone wars to rewatch and uh oh, it's been
3: oh good yeah. yeah that's a that's a good yeah so february 21st right
1: uh 17th Ooh. yeah oh 17th okay yeah, yeah. It, i yeah it, i heard that I believe it's... So. That it, it's a
3: monday okay yeah i i heard they were starting with um the the bad batch arc.
1: yeah probably i think they're going to keep the, all of the a they, story together okay cool yeah I, i'm uh, I, i'm i'm psyched it's going to be great it is and of course, it's Katasuke, so we're gonna be talking about it. So don't worry, don't, don't you worry, your pretty little hearts, listeners. We got you. Oh, so
0: did that? That tweet, they had somebody screenshot that had Deppa and Caleb do?
3: <gasps>
2: oh <laughs> yeah! Oh
3: my gosh! Right. Like. And wasn't yes. that? The, wasn't that? Didn't that? Uh, that wasn't that scene. If if I, if I read the, saw the trailer, right? That was the scene from Revenge of the Sith, right? Wasn't that dialogue from Mace Windu and Yoda actually from that that roundtable scene? Was a sense of plot to destroy the Jedi? I and think so. care. Yeah. Must, wasn't that? Yeah. So the show is gonna like overlap with the movie. Oh my that,
1: god! That was the original in, intent of the show. So I'm telling you, we're gonna no, have I, to I, watch I, Order sixty six again, and I'm yeah. gonna
0: we're in for some pain and we're gonna like <laughs> it so
1: this it is, is true it is. this is Strap true. In. all right so <laughs> while you are waiting on clone wars to come back and while you're thinking about where you want to see ray next you can definitely uh jump over to HappyBeeps.net and start working on your inventory and Bill, tell them kind of what you got going on over there, and where they can find you if they want to say, "Hey, you're pretty smart."
3: Well, you uh, you said it, buddy. Happybeeps.net um, and Facebook.com/slash Happybeeps. We're uh, we're working on a redesign at the moment, um, uh, so be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for that. But uh, but really, just come and come and check us out and cross-reference yourself to your heart's content. It, it'll it'll make you happy
1: yeah and share uh, what you find out on our yes. Facebook group Clashing Saber Star uh, Wars community Cool. Uh, Adriana you've got a pretty exciting episode in the works here so tell us about that and starships and where everybody can find you
0: um, so everyone can find me on Twitter, Instagram uh, the same the same name at Celestial Intent um, and then I'm also in the Facebook group uh, if you want to go and join the Facebook group, you should. Um, and yeah, I have. Um, I'm gonna go back to go back to um, talking about couples again. I'm really excited. I've been. I-, I wanted to wait until we got the final film, so now I get to talk about uh, Finn and Poe. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, right. I don't know how long that episode is going to be. Um, we'll see. It might just it might just go on forever. I don't know.
1: The internet has <laughs> endless capacity. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm very much looking forward to to this episode. So uh Lindsay, where can people find you and realize how weak they really are?
2: Well, if they wanna want that, they can always find me on Instagram fuel um full force Lindsay where They can check out some different fighting stuff. Um, But if they want to keep it to Star Wars, they can always find me on clashingsavers.net. I have a few articles up there, a few other ones coming up in the near future. Because if this episode is any indication, I have quite a bit to say, apparently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But if they want to see what I can say in three hundred and sixty characters or less, they can find me on Twitter at the Lady of Lore, and of course in our Facebook group and our nonprofit.
1: Yeah. So um, also, if you have a teacher uh, that you would like to nominate, at any time we have that page available now, and I'm going to be keeping track of those teachers. So. Like I said, we're still at the beginning of this process and we were fortunate enough to be able to to start with a bang. And now we're getting into more of the the grind of how, you know, it's going to get run on continually, you know, and, and keep the the yeah, keep it sustainable. Yeah, keep yeah. It sustainable. Um, so I am going to keep track of those uh, those teachers so we can hopefully eventually get out books to all of them and we'll keep you guys in the loop as far as the you know the time frame goes and things like that but once again we want to thank everybody who who listens welcome to all the new listeners that we have uh it's just it's an exciting time to be a part of this community it's an exciting time to be a star wars fan and you can find us at clashing sabers uh on twitter ClashingSabers.net. you can find the nominated teacher page there uh yeah, if you want to check us out on Instagram, I'm trying to get better at that. It hasn't happened yet, but we're also at Clashing Sabers there. And if you're just wondering, you know, I, I, I don't have any social media. All I have is this little podcast app, and I don't know what to do. I want to connect with Clashing Sabers. All you do is you just you look into the stars, and you say, Batch Eight.
4: hi Hi-ho.
1: Adriana, come on, do, do the hi-ho. Do the, do the oh. hi-ho thing. Hi-ho. Thank you. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Can't can't hire good help anymore. Bill, you know what? You can you take over Starships? <clears throat> well, I'm 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 not worthy. I can't lift that. I I, I can't lift that
3: hammer. I, I can't
1: that. lift that hammer. We're going out with that.